sound design. One of my touring friends, Jay, tours with a lot of bands, and I asked him how often he'll find a system that's not really set up correctly. And he said, 90% of the time, it's not right. Sound design. So Scott, did I ever tell you about the time that I fell asleep at a reggae festival and blew up some subwoofers? I don't think I've heard this story before. <laughs> so, <laughs> I hope this sounds... isn't a trauma-triggering story for you. And, and <laughs> what happened was it was around 2008. I'd recently moved to Northern California. I'd started working with maybe one or two production companies. And one of them asked me, invited me out to mix this reggae festival. I think what happened is a combination of lack of preparation and understanding of the scope. And we all started out there, your first all-day event. I probably thought I was smart by bringing like a granola bar and some water. And then we're getting into the 10th, 12th, 14th hour. And I'm like, oh, I didn't really know that I'm the only person mixing. No other band brings a sound engineer. Back to back, just like line check, show, line check, show. So I'm like, I'll sprint to the bathroom, run back. (laughs) We get into the evening near like the last of maybe three artists and I'm just sitting out there in the dark and I've been listening to loud sound all day long. I just start to wake up a little bit and like nod off and wake up. It sucked. It was painful and kind of embarrassing. I don't think anybody noticed. But yeah, I don't think I had carbs, sugar, caffeine, the kind of stimulants. Like I I think I had a little back, but I should have had a whole package of things I needed. Yeah. Yeah, and now if you ever see me go to a show, you'll you might have a lot of food squirreled away somewhere just in case. <laughs> yeah, you have to, man, because that low blood sugar will get you. Yeah, I've never blown up subs because of low blood sugar. So in that moment, I that was embarrassing, but I don't know if anyone saw me. Like I'm out there in the dark; it's just in a little yeah. tent, and so I'm hoping that I am not going to get in trouble and I got away with it. And hopefully, it sounded okay. Sorry to anybody if it didn't. That was 15 years ago. A few days later. The owner of the sound company let me know that some of the subwoofers had been damaged. So I didn't even know at the time, and I just found out later. And I wish I had known then what I know now, just in terms of like sound system setup and some things that you need to do in terms of risk mitigation for damaging these kinds of things. And also, I've built a tool to help with one part of this, the sub-alignment. Now, that's not the whole thing in terms of just protecting your gear, but is one piece of it. So I invited you here today, Scott, to talk about this topic, talk about this product that I've been working on, because I thought it'd be a lot more fun to share it and then also have you here to ask those obvious questions that I know other people are going to be asking. But why? How much? Who cares? Things like that. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally. Yeah, Yeah. I've had a little preview of the tool. I don't really know much about it, so I am excited to ask some questions. Okay. But it is something that I would use in the field. I don't know. I'm out there all the time mixing, and I'm quite often not there for hours and hours setting up the system ahead of time. Things aren't always right when I show up and start mixing. Tools like what I think this is are very helpful to to us. Thank you. And I just want to say for this, your life now isn't the way it's always been. And if for people who haven't listened to my interview with you a couple of years ago, don't know that you used to do a lot of sound system setup. Now you do a lot of mixing and that's like your focus, but you've done all the things that every sound engineer has done who came up putting together shows at the beginning. I, I would say I have not done a lot of sound system setup. No? I've actually set up sound systems, but I haven't done a lot of the measurement and okay. design stuff that, that you teach a lot of. So it is an area, a gray area for me. Honestly, I, I I've, could unload trucks and get speakers in the air and load 
presets, and often that's that worked well enough. But there there were a lot of times when I don't think that me setting up the sound system was really all that great. Honestly, apologies to those of my, those people that have mixed on sound systems that I set up back in the day when these were all small systems and all that. But certainly, in my current job, if I'm mixing on a multi-million dollar PA system, it would be in better hands with a true systems engineer who has all the smarts and experience of doing that. Yeah, I get it. Similarly, like I, there were so many sound system setups that I wish I had known more more about. And again, this is a tool that I'm building for me now, but then also for me and you 15 years ago when we were still pretty green and what's going on here. And I think I know, but maybe I don't. And can there, is there a way to simplify this topic? Before I reveal the thing that I'm building that I want to see if people are interested in what your questions are and ideas. I wanted to ask you about just this general topic of sound system setup and calibration. Because I know you ran a poll recently, you do writing and teaching over at the Production Academy. I've taken your course on mixing, which is very good and people should take a look at. But you, like me, you're always trying to figure out like what's the next thing I should build? How can I be helpful for people? Like where are people's minds at in terms of challenges and what can I do? So you ran this poll basically saying, what do you want me to build next? So can you talk about the results? Sure. I had about 10 courses listed or had an option for someone, people to fill something in if they'd like. And there was not by a ton, but a clear front runner, which was quick sound system setup and calibration. Huh. So I think a lot of it's obviously a topic that's important in, in live sound. We can build a mix, but if we can't translate it to the audience with the speaker system, it's not going to be very good. So there, there is that a huge component of live sound that we have to think about. So no, no surprise that that is a requested topic. It might be a course that I build one of these days, but I do quite often just refer people to your courses and your site to, to discuss those issues. Yeah, thank you. It's an, this, I'm just making this up, but I'm thinking now that maybe you've done such a good job at helping people improve their mixing that now they're starting to see the other weak links. What about this room? What about after the sound leaves my console? Then where does it go? And how do I have control over that? Can I make improvements there? Like, why does it sound good in my headphones, but now I'm listening in the room and it doesn't sound so good, or I walk over there and it doesn't sound so good? I, in my imagination, people in your audience are having these questions. I, I'm most assuredly that they are having those questions. And it's such a fascinating topic, the way physics, the physics of sound work and how speakers can be really placed anywhere. And it just, it's complex. It's very complex. There, there is no easy answer for explaining how an aux send works as much different than explaining how two, the two speakers can interact and be phase aligned and have the correct time alignment, all of that. So it does get deep. So that's, good point. I, that's why it's, I think there are a lot of questions. Sound is hard. It's invisible. But what is, I think Bob McCarthy once said that it's like trying to diagnose a patient that you can't see, can't talk to you. If you I think about what it's like being a vet sometimes and you can't really ask the cat or the dog how they're feeling. It's like that. You can't even see the mm -hmm. cat or the dog. So I get it. All this stuff seems very complex, all these relationships. And honestly, I feel like some of the challenge I've had with introducing solutions and products to people is sometimes people not even believing that it's possible to solve it. Sometimes you don't get a great response when you say, hey, look at this new simple solution I've discovered for solving this problem. And it's so unbelievable that people won't even look at it. Yeah. So there's that's, as we're talking, I'm just realizing that's 
a good thing to remember in this conversation, as I'm about to say, here's a simple solution I found for solving this problem. <laughs> so the next part of this story, and speaking of simple, is that in 2017, I went to a workshop with Merlin Van Veen. Now, if you don't know Merlin Van Veen, I'll introduce you to him in the same way that he was introduced to me by Mauricio Ramirez from Meyer Sound saying, here's this crazy guy who has all of these calculators and spreadsheets and articles on his website, and he gives them away for free. Fast forward to modern times, and he is Senior Technical Support and Education Specialist at Meyer Sound. At that time in 2017, he was still independent, teacher, mixing front of house, setting up shows, being a system tech like a lot of us are doing, a variety of things. At that workshop, I learned a method for subalignment from him that kind of blew my mind. And I imagine that you have had similar experiences where there was something that you struggled with for a long time. Somebody said something or showed you something that kind of opened it up and then it all looked different to you. And then you forgot about the past where it was such a struggle now that you understand this thing. I was really impressed by that. And I started looking more into it and trying to understand his method. And then in 2019, he actually published an article really explaining it in detail. And I'm going to open that up now and share my screen. So here's that article. Here's Merlin. Here's the article, Subwoofer Alignment, the Foolproof Relative Absolute Method. And I just want to re read the beginning of it because I think it's well-written and it, I think it's going to connect with people. So one of the biggest challenges every new generation of sound engineers appears to struggle with is learning how to phase align subwoofers to mains, a quest which at one point in my early career felt like impossible. I relate a lot to this. It For a long time, even though I went to workshops and I was trying to figure all this stuff out and I thought I understood it at the workshop, once I actually got into the field and try it without practicing at home, I, I could not crack it. And so probably like nine out of 10 times, I was not able to actually do it in the field the way teachers had showed me at workshops. So in this article, I'll disclose this method, which has worked flawlessly for me in the past couple of years. It's a two-step process consisting of a relative and an absolute part. Most of the time is spent on the relative part, and that's what my product does. So I learned about this from Merlin Van Veen, started incorporating his relative absolute method into my process for preparing for shows and then sound system setup. And it really worked well for me too. And I started having an idea, what if I could come up with a way to systematize this a little bit so that for every show I work on, I'm not spending so much time just going out and creating these presets and doing this preparation. I'll, I can detail that a little bit better in a second. But just wanted to give you the short story, which is this inspired me to create a thing that would allow anyone basically at any skill level and with any tools to use this method. So it's simple, but not necessarily easy if you're going to do it by yourself. So that's the overview. And that's the simple story, the genesis of Subaligner. So Subaligner is the name of the product. And... The pitch is that it'll help you save time on subalignment. Now, that's just one of the things that it does. It could, they're also potentially more accurate, easier to use, stuff like that. But I guess I should compare it with common practice might be to 
get into the field, do the system setup, and then you get out your audio analyzer, set that up, and then figure out how to align your sources and whatever processes you're going to do with the audio analyzer. And this provides, I don't want to say not so much as an alternative to that, but a second option and a verification to that. So that if you like using audio analyzers, now you have another tool where you can say, here's what I got from my audio analyzer. Here's what I got from Nathan's tool subaligner. They agree. Great. Or if you're not into audio analyzers and maybe you're me 15 years ago and you're still trying to figure your shit out, now you have another path that you can access where you can get some kind of results and put those into your output processor. And then you're out in the field in the middle of nowhere during a reggae festival and you can at least do one part of the system setup, which is subalignment with maybe a little bit of help from your friends. That's great. I often am not running audio analyzation myself if I'm on tour. And I so I've got lazy because I have a systems engineer with me usually. So I lean too heavily on them and I feel like I'm leaning too heavily on them. So I would love to have a tool like this and be able to just have an hour at a festival sound check before and I don't have any access to the processing or whatever, I would love to have just a check on what's already been done. That to me, this thing sounds great because I would be able to just check the work that's been done and not be able, not if, even if I don't have full access to the processing. So yeah, why not? Trust, but verify. And then you're at least at the same talking level with other people that are working on the system. And you can say, Hey, how did the alignment end up? What did you end up putting in? And they say, Oh, we did this delay and this play. And you can say, Oh, that makes sense to me. Cause I've checked on that. Or I have this yeah. idea of how, what these you've done a little bit now to understand these relationships, just like they have. One of my touring friends, Jay tours with a lot of bands. We were doing a kind of a co-headline festival thing together. He's really into systems engineering and he had his analyzation out and went through the whole thing. And I was asking about, it. I was like, are you, how, when you check, cause he's pretty much, just, he doesn't have apps. He's not going to be able to go into the processing of that, of the system that was there, but he could check and verify. And I asked him how often he'll find a system that's out, not really set up correctly. And he said, 90% of the time it's not right. Really? Yep. Because I don't, you never know. The person that set up the system, designed the system, wasn't even there. There were engineers, there were like house engineers in there to help get the festival going and help get the bands in and out. But the, no one was there that really had full knowledge of how the system was set up. Yeah. I think this is like an 18,000 seat venue. You can't always have those conversations. Um, There's also preferences. And, yeah. Maybe someone yeah. set it up at a preference a certain way. And totally. your friend has a preference in the other direction, but they're not there to have that conversation. So to them, it just looks wrong. And, you know, that happens. But the verification process had to be fast because we were under time crunch always. Sure. So I was like wanting a, a tool to use as quickly as he was able to do his verification. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. That's a good point. And I'm so glad you said the word verification, which is a trigger word for me to always remind people that really the best way to use tools like audio analyzers are as verification. And so with that idea in mind, the way I do sound system setup these days is that I will do as much prep as I can the day before looking at models if possible. But worst case scenario, if I just can get into the room for the first time that morning, once I do my placement and aim, initial aim of the elements, I'll do the alignment with subaligner. I'll put that into my output processor. And then later, once I get the audio analyzer set up, I'll do verification. And you could potentially do it the other way around as well. So this is the thing you're talking about. Can we have a fast way to do this 
And then if you want to get into a deeper method with an audio analyzer later, you can as well. Yeah, that's cool. It's super valuable because I think like when I did my poll that we were talking about earlier for key course that I had posited to my audience was quick sound system tuning and measurement. I think a lot of people are looking for tools that can help them get close quickly sure. without without getting too deep into using full-blown audio analyzers that, that the real pros use. People's first questions are, what would you do if you only had five minutes? And it's always, I, I don't know, I guess I could do something in five minutes. We're always in a rush, right? <laughs> yeah. To paint the picture for people who haven't take that, taken that step yet, you get the audio analyzer for the first time and you're hoping it's going to solve all your problems. And then the very first time or the first few times that you use it, the reality starts to set in that this is a thing that requires training. And I don't think it's too crazy for me to say that it took me about 10 years to really get the ROI on it. That's why they do training. And that's also why it's fun, honestly, because it's like a thing you can grow with and it's always a challenge and you learn. That's It's really the most fun part about doing events now for me is, is using an audio analyzer and doing kind of more sciencey stuff. But yeah. at the very beginning, you're not going to buy an audio analyzer off the shelf walk out into the field on your first show and do all the stuff with it. Like it'll be a disaster. I have all kinds of stories about trying to do that for the first time and it and just not getting anything done. So again, you know, why kind of the motivation for making a tool that is just like a microservice. It's not like an audio analyzer where it does a bunch of different things. It does one thing. It's not a big deal to obsess about, but it is a thing that is part of the sound system setup. Scott, we've been talking a lot about this thing. Like, what do you think would be helpful next for people? I mean, I would like to know just what tools would I need to make this work? I would assume I need like a measurement tool, like a tool to measure distance. Yep. But what else would I need to actually be at a show and make this happen. Yeah. You need a way to measure distance. So like a laser disto or a measuring tape, and you need some way to access the app, which is just located at subaligner.com. And that's usually easiest on your phone if you always have a phone in your pocket. So here's another question. What is a laser disto? Okay. So laser disto is short for laser distance measure. Just confusing because disto is often used to dis describe an electrical distribution, amplif distribution amplifier. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's like similar to distro, distro it's electrical distro, distro. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just has a laser that comes out the front. And then it, when it reflects back, it can figure out the distance from wherever you are. And there are definitely different kinds and qualities. They go all the way from probably like $50 to $1,500. People who have been in the field for a while are pretty serious about getting like the brand names and like the $500 to $1,000 ones. And they have the really bright lasers. Because if you start to use Subaligner and you try this outdoors, you'll pretty quickly discover that it is hard to see this laser and hard to do measurements in the sunlight. Subaligner does have a tool to help with that which is that it'll allow you to take measurements from different places. So you could take a measurement from your alignment position, front of house, towards the array. But if that's 100 meters away and you can't see the laser, you could also go stand under the main array itself and then point back at front of house. Or, so you have some options there. So that's what a laser disto is. You're using a laser to measure the distance instead of a tape. But you could get out there and use a tape measure. Yeah, you can use anything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question two, about how long do you think it would take to measure just a simple left-right mono-sub array? So what I pitch is that it takes 30 seconds. And I do have a video where 
I demo how it takes 30 seconds. If it's your first time, it's probably not going to take 30 seconds. You're going to be like clicking through a few of the menus. But that's the opportunity is that you just need to insert source one, distance, total elements, source two, distance, total elements. You're just filling out a form online basically, and then it spits out a result for you. And so if you can take your measurement, put that in, take your next measurement, put that in, it can take less than 30 seconds. If you end up doing an alignment at a position and then you don't like it, you can really quickly go to a different position or you move front of house or ambient conditions change. And so you're thinking like maybe speed of sound has changed significantly. So I might want to update that in the app, things like that. Cool. And why would the speed of sound change? The idea is that you could have a big swing. So if you're outdoors and it's damp and humid and cold in the morning and then swings to the opposite on the other side of the day, when you actually get to your show, then speed of sound can change. When speed of sound changes, that means your alignment might change if it's enough. So full range sources for sure. You change by, I think, 10 or 20 degrees, and that could shift over by a few feet. Again, not something to obsess about, but if you want to be consistent, you could continue updating your alignments with a different speed of sound. So changes in ambient condition, changes of speed of sound. Lots of manufacturers have ambient condition controls built in. And so you might see them updating those from sound check to show. Yeah. First time I really experienced that was at Coachella, actually doing a sound check at I think 11, 10 a.m. and it was hot and it was really rough. And then just not being happy with it. It's just, it's dark. It doesn't sound, doesn't hit right. Cause the show, the set was at 8 p.m. or something after, after sundown. And the systems engineer was really good. It just is like, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. You know, yeah. Don't worry. It'll be fine. It's <laughs> just things change. And I was like, I don't know, man. And then it was totally fine. <laughs> what else? Where should we go next? I would love to see a demo, Nathan. Sure. It would it'd be really cool just to see the process of entering some speakers and seeing some results. So let's walk through pretend alignment together. So here's my pretend space. This is in a modeling software from Meyer Sound called MapXT. And it's a little bit older, but it's great for quickly showing some stuff because it'll just paint the entire space with sound anytime we hit this predict button. And then I've got... Subliner open here in just a browser tab. I've got a history of all the alignments that I've done, so I can quickly open them and put them back into the app. And so you'll see this just populate real quickly. I've got my brand, model, preset here. So native is the word Subliner, and I think other people use when there is no processing presets. So Meyer Sound speakers are all except for one or two are all powered and very few switches and controls on the back. You just plug into the back. And if that's all you're doing, then that's basically the native preset. And then I'm just going to go about filling out this form. But before I do that, let's take a look at what the problem here might be. So if I don't do anything with this alignment and I just go forward without taking a look at that, then let's look at what the prediction might be at 100 hertz. So if you've never seen a prediction in modeling software, I'll just give you a quick overview. Let me get a color that's easier to see. So in this direction, we see summation. And in this direction, we see cancellation. So hopefully it should be pretty clear that brighter colors are higher sound pressure levels. 
And there's actually a little bar over here telling you exactly what the attenuation is. But then where we have darker colors, that's where we have lower sound pressure level. So this looks like a problem. We've got cancellation going into our audience. Our audience here is signified by this line right here. This is a line going through the heads of everyone in our audience. So we would like to see if we can fix this situation. There's one other thing we might want to look at, which is what a measurement might look like there in the audience. So if you've never looked at magnitude and phase, then don't worry about it. But the point here is that there's a big dip here in the low frequency response. We were, look, we're looking here at a prediction around 100 hertz. And so it makes sense that here at 70, 70 hertz, we have a real big scary dip. What does that sound like? I'm not going to do an audio demo right now, but you can imagine that if you were playing a piano or a synthesizer or a bass guitar and you started in a note down here and it was at this level and then you got through here, it would get quiet. And if you didn't know why, you might just start trying to fix that instrument on the input channel by EQing it. Or if you're listening to music in the system, you might hear this problem, you might think, oh, and you might try to start boosting this a little bit and maybe cutting these other areas to try to fix this problem if you don't know that it's a it's an alignment issue. So let's use Subaligner and see if we can fix this problem. So I have drawn some distances in here already. And you can pretend like this is our laser disto. So I just drew a line and another line, each of them from our alignment position to the center of the array. And here are the results that I got. So I'll put in 2208 and 18. 23 feet into subaligner. So here's 2208. I've got six total elements there in my main array. And then same thing with the sub. I've got my 650p, two elements in the array, and it's 18.23 feet away from my alignment position. And that's it. Then we get a result here and subaligner says, hey, you need to delay the sub and you need polarity inversion, and here's the exact amount of delay that you need. So I can come over here to my virtual output processor. I'll put that into, which channel did it say I was supposed to delay? The sub. So here's 650p array, here's the delay, and here's the polarity inversion. And now the next time we turn these two things on, remember this is where we had cancellation and summation with our black and white arrows. So I'll just leave those up as the prediction comes up. And now you can see we've pretty much switched that situation. So now where we had cancellation before, where this black arrow is, now we've basically moved that area of summation between the two sources down into the audience. And hopefully our, yep, that, Much better. yep, that, what do I call it? That notch that was there before because of the misalignment is gone. And now we have summation instead. Now I'm not saying that, Everything is done here, but alignment between the two sources here looks much better. By the way, for people who don't like this alignment position, you can choose whatever alignment position you want. This is just one that I picked for this demo. So what would be the benefit of choosing maybe a different alignment position in, in theory? Right. So the perfect alignment position, which does exist, I take a hard stance on this, <laughs> is the one that results in the least number of alignment errors or the least amount of misalignment across the audience. So you can see here that I've chosen this position. And so 
we are aligned here. And some people like to say the problem with alignment is that you can only be aligned in one position. Yeah. But if you pick the right position, then you spread out your errors equally around the audience. And so the idea is that we should have basically the same amount of misalignment here as we do as we go this way. And so there's actually an app from Merlin Van Veen where you can put in your source position and it'll tell you exactly where to choose your alignment so that you can have the same amount of misalignment this way as you do that way and spread those errors out. Now, the reason that Subaligner doesn't talk about that is because Subaligner is all about quick results. And so right here, if I get rid of the distance, it's going to say, hey, put in the distance to front of house. And you, if you click this pop-up, it'll talk to you about why distance to front of house. And the reason is that I've just decided that it is a good rule of thumb. It's not always going to be the best position for the audience. This is definitely a monarchy when we just choose one person. But it is critical that we have the mixed position in a place of summation. So going back to my story of the reggae festival, one of the things that may have gone wrong is that I may have accidentally put that mixed position into a, a power valley, an area of cancellation like we were looking at here. And I may have just been inadvertently pumping lots of energy into right into that area where I can't even hear it. So then I'm turning it up all night long, louder and louder, putting more and more stress on those components and possibly leading to some of the damage. You know, Go my ahead. experience, reggae crowds don't really mind that, <laughs> like as much bass as humanly possible. Oh, <laughs> that's just an, that <laughs> is my experience as well. So yeah, shortcut to alignment position is front of house. Of course, that's debatable, but you are free to choose any alignment position that, that makes sense to you. And if you really want to get deep into it, I have a whole guide, a little mini ebook all about microphone placement for uh, different types of sound system setups. There's this setting called one-to-one -one matched reference. One-to-one -one matched reference is the setting you use when you are either aligning full range sources that are phase aligned out of the box, or you just want to align any other matched source, like one sub to another exact same sub. So all this does is convert distances to time using the speed of sound. Yeah, I can see that being super helpful in a, just a, in a pinch when you're walking into a situation you don't know and you have these, you just need to quickly come up with these numbers. Totally. Yeah, or aligning mains awesome. to fills or something like that. Yeah. You know the position, but you don't know the delay time. Actually, mains to fills, that would be very useful for me. I think if I had a laser disto, which I think I will, I think I need to get one, but I think easily, quickly measuring those and be able to set some delay times very quickly with for front fills would be super helpful. But I, I'm imagining a situation where, say, I walk into a room where I don't have prediction software, say it's a you know, JBL PA system, and we have two tops on either side and two subs sitting on the floor. Could you just show me how I would just quickly put those in? And this is a good time to bring up that topic because not every speaker is in Subaligner. So a big part of the work that I've been doing over the last couple of years is measuring lots of speakers and adding them to the app. And so I just came back from Asheville, North Carolina, where I was at the DMV headquarters. I measured every speaker that they had there, and I'll soon be adding those. So but hopefully by the time you're watching this video, I have almost every speaker from the top three manufacturers, at least in my world, which are Myers Sound, L Acoustics, and DMB. 
So that should cover a lot of your bases. If it doesn't, and you get into the app and see that your speaker is not there, we can measure it together and add it. It's not a big deal. It's pretty easy to do. Even if you don't have any experience with audio analyzers, I have a solution for that. So if you actually click on add new, then it's gonna forward you to this page and it'll explain to you either how to do the measurements yourself or there's a little link here and you can schedule a Zoom call with me and we'll just walk through it. And I'm happy to do that because the more elements that we get together into the app, the more valuable to be to you because it has your speakers in it and hopefully to everyone else. I say it's my first time using Subaliner. Right. You just give me like, a, this is these are the buttons you push when you get to this right. page. So some of these things hopefully are self-explanatory. Everyone knows, okay, I've got my JBL speakers. Yes. The model is VRX 932 or whatever. Yes. Processing preset, which one of those should I choose? Sometimes there's only one, so the choice is made for you. But if there are several, the processing preset is whatever that you have already chosen to deploy your system. Like Subaligner is not choosing that for you. So these are all reactive elements. You've designed the system with this model of speaker and this preset, and you've loaded that into your system, and you've chosen the number. So you're basically just reporting on everything that you've done already. Total elements is every element in the room that could contribute to low, mid buildup. And that is explained also in all of these pop-up menus. So if you forget anything that I'm saying here today, which sometimes it'll say, hey, this is available over on Tracebook if you want to take a look at it. And this says, hey, just count every speaker in the room. So not your like tiny under balconies or maybe tiny fill speakers that you know have no low end anyway. But if you have, say, you're probably not going to have six, but like two of these 932 per side, then that's a total of four. So that's total elements. And then distance. It seems like there's a lot of distances, and I get a lot of questions about this. And people say, what about sub arcs? And what about this kind of array and that kind of array? Some aligner doesn't know anything about your system design. It's completely agnostic. All it wants to know is what is the distance between sources. And so it's up to you to figure out basically where to point the laser disto to get those distances. Let's say you're standing in front of house, which is the default alignment position we're using. And would you say in this scenario or most of the time you end up in the center or on one side? In the yeah. center. So you'll just pick one side. Let's say you're gonna pick the left side. You aim your laser disto at that side and you get, let's say 30 feet is what comes up on your laser disto. Or you're having trouble getting that measurement because it's far away. You open up this little calculator and it allows you to stand under the array. And now you have to fill out a few more fields, but at least you can still get the measurement if you were having trouble getting it from front of house with the laser. So you've taken this measurement. There's a handy little guide here in case you forget. And now you say, great, I've got the distance to my left main. Now let's go over here and we'll get a sub and we'll say it's the VRX918SP, and then you'll choose your processing preset again here, whatever it is you set up. Some of these subs from, powered subs from JBL have a couple switches on the back that you might have to verify. And then again, how many do you have in the system? So if you have four JBL VRX932, you might have two or four subs one on each side maybe. And so again, if you have the left and right mains and left and right subs, then you're gonna measure up to your left main and then down to your left sub. And if your sub is on the ground, then you're just gonna measure at the ground 
which is why this pictogram is like that. It might be the difference of a couple of inches, but if you want to be technically correct, I think that's the way to do it. And so let's say that distance is 20 feet. And that's it. You're all done. The only thing I didn't show you how to select was your units. So it just has feet and meters in there. That's going to spit out a result for you. And then you take this number, you put that into your output processor for your sub. And then the polarity inversion can go in any channel. And I think best practice is to put it into the sub channel because that affects less things downstream. If you put a polarity inversion into your main array, now that affects everything else. It affects the sub, the fills, everything, right? But yeah. if you just localize the inversion to the sub, it's a little bit cleaner and easier, it seems. Yeah, and you can put these in even just in a console. You don't even have to have access to the processing. Like a lot of times we're locked out of processing and can't get in. Right. So it's doing this on your output buses in the desk. And is... nine times out of 10, or maybe at this point in my career, seven times out of 10, I'm still working on shows that don't have output processors. I still work on lots and lots of little and medium-sized corporate events where they're just bringing the minimum amount of gear. And so that oftentimes is consoles straight into amps or straight into speakers. And yeah, then I'm using the matrix outputs as my output processor. And oftentimes those will have individual delays on the outputs. So I should point out that you can do all of this by yourself. You don't need subaligner. And I would say that in general, it saves me about a day because otherwise I need to go to the warehouse where these speakers are get these measurements so I make sure I get these speakers with this processor and, and all this stuff, then come back home and do some study on it and come up with an alignment preset. And then I got I usually try to build a little calculator for myself so that once I get into the field, it's easier. And that all takes me about a day. You can do that or you can use subaligner. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much impossible. Like for my day-to-day -day <laughs> workflow on touring, especially, that's just a uh, non not possible whatsoever. I, I will definitely be employing this tool in Good. the field in the near future. Well, Scott, future. my big request for you is that Subliner is 100% still in beta. And it has a user interface and it's a web app and it has a subscription fee and you sign up for it. Like all these things like a real product. But I realize that it's not 100% done yet. So for anyone that checks it out, even if they don't like it or if people that try it out and they love it, please let me know what's working for you or what ideas you have for improvements because I would love for this to turn into something that's really helpful for people. Yeah, I can definitely see it being that. So I'm, I'll am i be out there helping spread the word here, Nathan, <laughs> as soon as I'm out doing shows wow, thank again. thank you. Scott, thank you so much for being here. Do you have anything coming up that you want to share with people or anything you want to pitch? There's a lot more coming from, from the Production Academy this year. You've been doing more videos. Um, I've been doing more videos. I'm making more courses. I'm not touring nine months out of the year this year like <laughs> I did last year. So now I have time to do this other stuff. But if anyone is interested, they can sign up at sign up, put their email in on my on my to my email list at theproductionacademy.com. Productionacademy.com. Thanks so much, Scott. Good luck with your <laughs> courses. And I expect to get some some emails or text messages from you in the future with questions about subaligner. Sounds good. They'll be coming. <laughs> All right, we did it. Sound design. Yeah.